Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Conscious Man Podcast. I am your host, Scott Pagliaccio, and we are live in North Dallas at our resident therapist's office, Casey Leamy. Hi. Hey, Case. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. And we're going to be talking about some pretty simple tools to help in your relationship life. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. And why would these tools make a difference in the listener's life? Like if somebody out there, I've been um, approached by some of the listeners uh, personally, and they're interested in gaining some new tools to help them in their marriage, in their uh partnership in their uh, professional lives that they're kind of stuck in doing things a certain way and it's not really working for them anymore. So they're looking for something different. And I thought that you would be the perfect person to introduce some, some simple tools to get them started that would help them uh, kind of get, is it unstuck? Yeah, that works. Yeah? Does that work? All right, cool. To be that catalyst. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be the catalyst. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Um, okay, well, um, just some basic kind of communication skills. And, and like Scott had said, you can definitely utilize these with, in a relationship with a significant other, with, with family members, with um, your boss, with peers at school or at work. I mean, communication, I think, is something that we need to work on in all areas mm. of our life. So, um, it's really building that habit and that repetition is I think, really, really important. Um, it may sound silly, but practicing these things in the mirror or in your car, yeah. um, saying them out loud. Um, science has shown us that, you know, speaking out loud or writing, journaling, things like that actually do process um, and will stick a little bit different in our in our um in our head yeah. um, and change those behaviors rather than just saying something in our, in our head. Right. And, and I agree. I agree a hundred percent. Like practicing is the most important thing. And we talked about this earlier, Casey, that we have to give ourselves permission to be sloppy around practicing these new tools because at first they're not going to, uh, they're not going to be second nature and they might come out, you know, uh, sounding rehearsed and it's, it's going to be better than continuing to stay in those looping fights in my experience. So practicing these tools, giving yourself permission to be sloppy, uh, forgiving yourself if you are sloppy, not letting that, um, you know, have you take steps back, um, and, you know, not continue to try. Um, you know, I'm the first one to, to admit that, there are times where I get kind of lost, you know, in my mind or, or, or don't communicate things the, the correct way. My mind's going a little bit faster than what I can speak. Sure. And, and that'll happen in session occasionally. And I'll just pause and say, wait a second, let me back up and, and give you a better example or communicate that in a better way. And yeah. again, that doesn't make me um, unable to communicate or, you know, a bad therapist or anything like that. That just makes me human. And, um, and again, allowing yourself just to have that forgiveness and to 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 pause and to really clarify what you meant or what you intended to say. Yeah, that that feels really good. Like hearing you say that, like had me relax into myself. Like, oh yeah, 
because I was feeling a little bit contracted and tight, like, oh, I'm learning something new and I have to, you know, figure out how to do this. And it can be overwhelming. And I imagine for the listener, they're going to, they may feel the same way. So what you said, just allowing yourself and giving yourself permission, you know, being forgiving, you know, being sloppy. Uh, yeah, that lands for me big time. So, uh, Good. I, and I know that like some of the, some of the guys that I, that I talk to, I haven't spoken directly to, um, any women. Uh, I've just noticed that like some of the guys that I I've spoken to are wanting to do th- th- things differently in their marriages, in their partnerships, and they're not sure. We, we all, you also mentioned this is you're going to have to get their buy-in. Mm-hmm. You can't just start practicing these tools with someone when they don't know what the hell you're doing. So well, setting you context, can, right? you can, but, okay. um, you know, like with a boss or, or just, you know, people in the grocery store and things like that, like you definitely can, yeah. they may not, they may be a little caught off guard or someone who you communicate on a daily basis. Maybe somebody who sits next to you at work or something. And all of a sudden you kind of start using I statements or things like that. They may <laughs> yeah. just kind of be like, well, that sounded different or, yeah. you know, that, so it might be just a little, a little different, a little odd at first. Um, but I think what, what you were saying with when working with a couple, yeah. um, definitely, you know, try to communicate with that couple beforehand or excuse me, your significant other beforehand and, and kind of explain, Hey, you know, I'm going to try some new communication techniques. This is what I want to implement and, you know, kind of go through that, that together just so you do receive as a receptive response as possible. Because, yeah. um, I know through, you know, personal experience and I imagine you guys can, um, experience have experienced this as well. When you try something new and you don't get a receptive response it's a little bit harder to continue you know to do that um so again knowing that not everyone is going to understand uh not everyone's going to be receptive but knowing that you're doing this change for yourself and you're not doing this change for anybody else Mm, yeah that that makes a lot of sense so you're doing it for yourself and not for anyone else that yeah i like that i like that a lot um so like like we say we're just kind of going to go over a couple um just basic communication. Yep. Uh, we thought we would start with the I statements. Um, an I statement is really simple. Um, I use them with all ages from you know, mm-hmm. the youngest of my clients yeah. to the oldest of my clients. Um, okay. I use them with my husband. I use them myself. Okay. Um, and the, uh, the thing about an I statement um, is it minimizes the blame um, that you are projecting onto somebody else. And it okay. also minimizes the defensiveness that the person who is, um, that you are speaking to, uh, may react with. Okay. Um, so an I statement just sounds like I feel blank when you blank because blank. So really simple. Yeah. Um, and then I can give you guys, uh, an, an example. So, um, yeah. please. How about you give me an example? Okay, Scott. I'm gonna be uh, I'm gonna be the regular guy, the blamer guy, it, and this is how this may uh, be perceived by your partner. If when I say it the normal way, without using an I statement, okay, uh, you make me angry because you're always late. Okay, so when he says that, if you can hear, it seems like this individual, you know, Scott is placing blame on me, you know, for, for being late. Um, and it's a very normal reaction for me to, you know, maybe come defensive and say, you know, I was working late, you know, in order to, 
to pay for our house and put our kids through school or I was working late. So, you know, I didn't get fired, you know, when I'm right. trying to find, you know, get this promotion or, you know, so you could go get the new car you wanted or, or just put food on the table, you know, whatever it may be. Yeah. Um, so a different way of saying that rather than saying, you know, you make me angry because you're always late um, is, you know, I feel frustrated when you come home late because I stay awake worrying. Mm, okay. Yeah. And, and you know what? I, I said this earlier when when you said that and I felt cared for by you Casey when you said that earlier that was the that was the response I I gave you it wasn't I didn't feel reactive or contracted and like pulling away from you when you said that I was like oh wow I didn't I was better able to hear you in using the I statement I didn't feel blamed I didn't contract and pull away I actually wanted to move towards you I was like wow I didn't before I couldn't hear that because normally I'm reacting to you because I feel blamed by you. And in that, when you use the I statement, I felt like, wow, I want to come towards you and you really do care about me. And you're, you're doing this because you're, you know, you're, uh, you feel frustration because I'm coming home late and you're up late worrying about me. And so that made me, that is why I felt cared for by you is because you were worried and uh, so that really landed for me Good. hearing you say that. So that's the same message, you know, being portrayed, but it's a healthier style of communicating where you can actually communicate more and kind of maybe stop that cycle of arguing or defensiveness or feeling not cared for or mm. feeling taken advantage of, you know, sure. um, either way, uh, the person, you know, staying late at work or late doing whatever they may be doing, um, not feeling that, you know, that, that um, the person is really being receptive of that and appreciative of that, or, you know, it could also go to the opposite way of uh, the person staying up that's worrying, um, not feeling, you know, appreciated that they're actually staying up and wanting to spend time with that individual. Yeah. Uh, we'll give you guys one more um, example. Scott, if you want to do the, the regular. Sure. <laughs> you never call. You never call. You don't even care. So a lot of these start with a U, so kind of be aware of that because um, a U is just a basically creating blame, you know, right yeah. off the bat. Yeah. Um, so he said, you never call, you don't even care. And if you guys remember, an I statement is, I feel blank when you blank because blank. So we would change that to, I feel hurt when you forgot to call because it seems like you don't care. Yeah, that. Again, that lands for me. I'm not feeling blamed over here when I hear you saying that because you're owning your experience. You feel that way. That's not like you're not projecting onto me that it's my fault or, you know, uh, somehow I did something to you. It's just you owned it. And I'm listening now. Now you've got my attention. Like I want to hear what you have to say. And uh, that makes all the difference in the world for me. Uh, in wanting to move towards you. So appreciate that. Absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. So those are I statements. Um, we'll go through a couple other um, examples of some um, other um, ways to communicate. Okay. So before we move on, mm -hmm. I just wanted to share with them. So the I, the I statement is probably a simple tool that they can, anybody can share immediately or start to use immediately. And, um, kind of get out of the looping patterns because we're listening to the other person now when they're speaking and we're not reactive. Um, 
And so do you find that pretty beneficial when you implement that with your clients here at the office? Like, is this one of the first steps maybe you might take in having your clients um, hear one another? Yes, Yeah. absolutely. If I'm just working with an individual, um, we'll do a little bit of role playing with that. Okay. Um, and then if I have a couple here or a mother, daughter, or, you know, son, mother, any kind of uh, two people here, um, yeah. I will have them actually you know, use examples with one another. So an actual example from their lives, they'll use it. So I feel X, the formula is I feel X when you do Y. So it's, I feel blank. I feel blank when you blank because blank. Ah, okay. The, the because in there. Okay. And what, what is the, because, um, you're just giving them an explanation. So you're, you're giving them the, the emotion that you feel. Okay. So I feel blank when you, and then the action. Gotcha. And then because, it's kind of like your explanation for it. Okay, perfect. perfect. So the, uh, if we go back, so the explanation was because, um, you know, that individual would stay up worrying, worrying or because this individual would feel like they don't care. Gotcha. Makes perfect sense. All right, guys, get over there and start practicing the my mm -hmm. statements. And we got, we've got we got some more for you, too. Um, let's see. Um, Scott and I were talking about before, you know, Communication is something that is a very much a long-term change, a genuine change, rather than something that's going to be an instant short-term change. Um, it doesn't mean that it can't happen quickly, but in order for it to be something that becomes second nature, it's going to take practice yeah. and patience um, and trying, you know, trying that out for a while and, and really having that, that long-term um, result. Um, but some things that you can focus on um, is, your listening ability, if that makes sense. So no. uh, what are you doing? Are you on your phone? Are you, is your TV on? Are you cooking? Um, are you, you know, I mean, I know there's some things that we can't always get out of, you know, if you, if you have kids that you're watching or something like that. Um, but being as present and as attentive as, as possible, putting that phone down, making eye contact with that person, knowing that you're listening to them. And something that we were talking about before is uh, a problem with communication. Um, I think in my opinion nowadays is often we are not listening to the person. We are just formulating our next response. Yeah. And I was actually, just to let you guys know, I was actually doing that. I just felt really like I was listening to Casey and then I found myself wanting to say something back and I kind of had to breathe. This is a great exercise or a great way to come back into your body before you speak is to just breathe a few times because what I noticed was I wanted to interrupt Casey while she was talking like I just did. Um, and, but I just wanted to share this like experience that we had earlier is like, I could feel like this anxiety and I, I really wanted to say something to you rather than listen to you. And we talked about, not getting the full picture if you don't listen all the way through. So you might say something. What was it, Casey? You said, you said it was brilliant. You said you would say some, if you listen all the way through. Your response you, may be different. Exactly. And that, that really landed for me. I thought, wow, if I, if I say what I want to say now, it isn't going to be what I want to say after you finish speaking. And that was just like profound for me. So, I highly recommend listening all the way through till your partner has finished and then reflecting back to her 
what you think you heard her say so she feels heard by you. Does that? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Um, and we talked about, you know, what reflective listening sounds like. Um, and I remember, you know, being in school and then teaching us, you know, reflective listening or rephrasing, reframing, things like that of that nature. Um, and I've come to learn that clients don't really like that too much. <laughs> so, and I understand that because you feel kind of like a therapist and you're basically regurgitating what that person is saying. And that's not, that's not a, exactly what we mean for some couples or for some individuals mm -hmm. that it, that does work and right. teach their own. But for a lot of people, you just want to acknowledge what that person said. You don't have to say, so what I heard you say is when I come home late at night, you are work, you know, you are up right. late, but you don't need to, you know, say the whole entire thing. You could say something, you know, for example, along the lines of, I did not know that you were up worrying, you know, or just acknowledging that emotion, acknowledging that feeling that that person yeah. has just expressed. Because in my experience, they're going to continue to try to express that over and over and over again if they are not acknowledged that that they have been heard. And I think that is kind of how we get into that cycle, that repetition of, no, you're not listening to me. You know, that's not where I'm coming from. Um, so just by really acknowledging that, um, how that person is feeling will really allow you to communicate in a healthier way and not fall into that cycle and that defensiveness as quickly. Gotcha. So I think what, what I think I hear you saying is because <laughs> I do that all the time. And I'm like, that's my tool is that you don't have to regurgitate exactly what the person is saying. If you feel that's too robotic for you, that there's no specific methodology that you have to follow that that works for me perhaps it might not land for you and then the second part i wasn't completely clear like how how you were saying they're going to keep expressing the emotion until they feel understood can you clarify that so if we just kind of go back to that to that one example mm -hmm. um with the i statements where it was uh you know i feel frustrated when you come home late because i stay awake worrying yeah um that was my response right. to you, Scott. Right. So right. in a way to kind of reframe that yeah. um, would would be something along the lines of, I did not know that, you know, you were up late worrying, you know, and then maybe allowing an explanation for what you were doing or just carrying on the conversation in a different, in a different, about something different. Um, if you did not acknowledge that, if you kind of blew off the I statement or continued to, to kind of be defensive I, I would continue to try to relay that, no, I'm up late worrying mm. and I would try to continuously in one way or another. And it may not be so, you know, nice anymore. It may be like, no, I'm right. up late. I don't understand why you can't come home earlier. And it tends to deescalate. The if I validate you, Casey, you're going to feel valued by me and be less reactive. Yes. Because you'll be hurt. You'll feel Yes. understood and heard by me and it doesn't mean that you have to agree with my feelings right that's okay but, but you are validating that 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 i said that is how i feel and you heard that you're right. validating that you heard what i said that yeah. you're understanding how i was feeling you may sure. like i said you may not agree with it right. but you're acknowledging that you listened to what i was saying yeah and you're in my experience like you you're you telling me how you feel your experience is valid because that's how you feel so maybe I don't agree with it, but it is your experience. And how could I know, how could I know what your experience is? So I'm trying to understand and empathize with mm -hmm. you rather exactly. than be reactive and come and fight with you. Yes. Okay. 
Yes. Yeah. Yeah, that feels good. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Good. Um. So that that's kind of an example of reflective, you know, listening, and and again, kind of what we started off with was saying really, really listen to what your partner or the individual is saying before you start to formulate your response. Um, and there really shouldn't, the only response there should be is you validating their emotional state and their experience of what occurred for them so they feel heard. Otherwise, it's going to be the looping fight. You very you know, much you're going to be, be defensive. They're going to get defensive. You're going to shut down or Stonewall. react. Uh -huh. Stonewall. Exactly. Exactly. So this is a great tool to stay in connection in relationship with your partner rather than what we typically do and what's what what typically happens if we're not practicing i statements and um validation what what happens a lot of blaming and a mm. lot of defensiveness can can take place um and i mean defensiveness looks all different kinds of ways it can look like you know criticizing um you know somebody um it can look like contempt. It can look like uh, stonewalling, which is just shutting down and mm. completely just mentally, physically, just kind of putting that wall up. So um, you're not going to let the other person in at all. Exactly. Gotcha. Emotionally kind of just, you know, shutting down um, or it could turn into, you know, an argument, a fight. Um, but basically something productive does not take place. That's right. kind of the, the main theme there. Sure. And we're looking for productivity and stopping these cycles, you know, as soon as, as soon as they take place. Yeah. And sometimes that's not going to happen, right? Right. Like, absolutely. Absolutely. So you, you might have to take space and yes, that is, um, this kind of goes into like a fair fighting thing. Um, and I've used it personally. I use it with all, a lot of my clients. Do you um, get in fights with your husband? Oh yeah. All the time. Really? No. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, and that's okay. That's healthy. It's different between getting in a, a you know a, a fight and, and a disagreement. And it's it's okay to disagree. Yeah. Um, and you just want to you know communicate that in the healthiest ways so that you don't have that defensiveness and, and that blaming and and then we bring in that criticism and the content right. and all all of all of that. But it's kind of having a um, a safe word of, of of basically yeah a safe word. Um, yeah. And that is utilizing that, that timeout tool. Timeout. Yes. Yeah, I love it. Um, it's not just for kids. It's no. for everyone. You're right. And whenever we become emotionally charged, we're not listening to the other person. Right. Um, we may not even be listening to ourselves. Right. <laughs> we're just talking and right. we're hurt or we just feel like we need to get that last word in or um, we feel like we're right. Yeah. Um, that is not in a healthy place to be. You want to take a break. You okay. want to say, you know, whatever the this, the word is um, for me and my husband. It's Chippewa. Really weird story. It's my old um, Indian princess tribal name. Okay. I don't know why we picked that word, but whenever one of us says that, we have to stop. We have to walk away, and we set a timer for okay. you know five minutes. Yep. And we have to sit, you know, in a different room or or just away from each other for like five minutes. I'll play with the dogs or something, and then we'll come back together once that timer is up, and we'll continue our conversation. Um, yeah. and what I've noticed is that a lot of whatever we were disagreeing about isn't important. So it doesn't even need to really be discussed again. And what is important can be discussed without all the extra fluff, gotcha. without the emotion, without the resentment or whatever, whatever we're bringing up. That is so the timeout. You guys took space from one another, kind of got underneath what was going on for you. Then you can come back. 
and discuss things more calmly without all of the resent and all the other things because I'm just imagining the listener you know you're a therapist and you know you're you have skill around doing this is that you know you don't have any sort of disagreements or you don't have to do any more work you've done the work and I'm in my experience I don't know I've done a little bit of work but I'm imagining that you continue to have to do the work oh, yeah. yourself we are all human and we all have to continue to do that work and when we stop I think that's a red flag you should always you know strive for growth and yeah. um always work on communication i think that's something that we need to work on you know for the the rest of our life and i think it's unnatural just to agree with somebody about everything and anything sure. yeah. um you're going to get into arguments and, and disagreements no matter how much you know skill you have as yeah. a therapist or, or a doctor or who you know whatever um your area of expertise is and um but that's okay. It's all about how you handle that, how sure. you communicate. Um, and like, you know, we were saying, stating before, nothing really, nothing in my opinion comes, nothing productive comes from a heightened emotional state and having an argument or a discussion. Um, that's when sometimes we say hurtful things that sometimes when, you know, we cross lines that we shouldn't or um, yeah. we, hurt somebody or, or get hurt ourselves. And that's when you build that resentment. Yeah. You know, why would you bring that up when we weren't even discussing that? Or, um, and a lot of the times it's not our intent. We just right. feel like we're backed into a corner or we feel like that person said something hurtful to us. And so that just kind of, you know, just kind of happens sometimes. Right. And we could, because we don't have tools like the I statement or we we're not practicing thing, doing things differently. So what we're providing you guys here is with, an opportunity to do things differently so you don't end up hurting one another continually. It's like if if you're into fitness, you have to do the, you know, you have to go to the gym, you have to continually work out. You don't ever turn your card in at the gym and say, hey, I've done all the work. I'm good now. And it's the same with relationship. It's it's the same with uh having a successful, long-lasting, nourishing relationship with your partner, is you're going to continually have to practice doing these things and you know don't expect to be great at it at first you know if you're a marathon runner you didn't run the marathon the first time you ran right. you ran you walk ran so it's the same with these relationship tools that Casey and I are providing you with is that you start out with a little bit and you chip away and over time using these tools you're going to grow into that nourishment that uh beautiful relationship that you want to have because it's a fantasy otherwise you can't get this without doing the work and absolutely it's like having a sense of entitlement mm -hmm. and some of us have that right yes. around certain things yes can you speak to that a little bit like you have to do this work to get the relationship you want but we have a fantasy sometimes that i should just well i don't know were you taught that like growing up as a young lady that you get married and it's all sunshine and ravioli from then on. You marry the prince and you, you live happily ever after. No, I was not. That's awesome. <laughs> well, you are fortunate because I think a lot of people out there and some of our listeners may have been given that fantasy that you just, it's just easy. Right. Um, I do deal with that a lot in, um, okay. it, with my clients. Um, and that is just breaking that down because okay. if you start, you know, living your life thinking that you're entitled to things, then you're going to be let down for the for the rest of your life. Or 
um, probably kind of push people push people away. That's not a very attractive trait to have. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, no, that makes sense. Um, and that also kind of goes back to what we talked about, you know, last week or last two weeks ago. The mm -hmm. whole having that full life pie. If you don't, if you have that full life pie, I feel like that entitlement is. Um, is not as present. So the life pie is when you're working on all the areas of your life that you're, I don't, is it necessarily struggling or it's just, you feel like you need to grow yourself up in every, like, uh, being whole, right? Yes. It's having a fulfilled life. So everyone definitely has a life pie. Everyone's life pie may look a little different. Mm -hmm. Um, as an example, you know, my life pie has, you know, family as a piece, friends as a piece, of course, you know, the work component, my animals, you know, working out, um, you know, self-care, um, you know, hiking and things like that. That's a huge, you know, piece of, of my pie. Um, so your you priorities. Know, the spiritual, sure. you know, component as well. Or, yeah. And again, everyone's pie might look a little different, but we get into that dangerous area when there are multiple pieces, if not multiple, even one or two pieces of our pie that are gone okay. or lacking, or if half of our uh. pie is work. Or half of our pie is our relationship. That's not that's not healthy. It may feel in that moment it may feel fulfilled, but that is not a health healthy life. You may be pie. avoiding. Yes, you want each piece of the pie to be kind of as as balanced as possible. Right. Is it ever going to be that way? No. That's why we always kind of want to go back to our life pie and see. Oh wow! So I've been spending a lot of time at work lately. You know, is there any way that I can kind of hone this back a little bit? Yeah. Maybe dedicate a little bit more time to family or. Or things like that, um, sure. because when our life pie is shifted one way or the other, that's when we tend to, to run into some issues. So, and so what I think, what I think I hear you saying, <laughs> no, what is that if your life pie is out of balance, that one relationship, let's say it's work, you're spending a lot of time at work, that might be going really well, but then all of the other areas that you want to be fulfilled in are going to be out of balance and there's yes. going to be some conflict. Yes. So we want to continually reassess where we are in our life pie so we can keep balance in our life. You know, equanimity, I guess is a good word and feel fulfilled. Yes. Is that exactly? Yeah, exactly. That's when we feel the feel, excuse me, the most um, fulfilled. And that's when we can have the most um, healthy relationships with other people because our life pie is filled as a, as an individual, mm. we are fulfilled. We, of course, are going to um, enjoy, you know, being with other people and, and you know, they get good things from their traits and, and who they are and their personality, but that's not going to completely change us. We're not going to be a chameleon when we meet those people and our whole life pie isn't going to change because we know our who we are, our, our core, our morals, our values, what we stand for, what's important to us. And so what we do is we just make a piece of the pie for that person rather than that person coming in and fulfilling all uh, the pieces that we were lacking. So that's, that's when we get codependency. That's when it gets dangerous because if that person leaves, they leave with all that pie uh, and they leave us with that empty half the pie, if not more than half that pie. So the the fulfillment comes from within. Yes. Gotcha. And it's not being... Nobody can fulfill our pie for us. Right. So when people talk about, this is what I've been hearing a lot lately, you know, purpose and passion and you know, these, those two words are like buzzwords right now. And I got to find my purpose in life and my passion. And what I, what I'm hearing is like, when you have all of the things you value and you're spending time, uh, 
spending time fulfilling all of those different areas that, that you'll feel more on purpose and you'll feel more passion in your life. Yes. So you help, that's the, that's, I want to kind of segue over to that is that, you know, you help people do that. And for me, you know, as a man growing up, I was not taught to ask for help. So I think, first of all, you have to be vulnerable enough or willing enough to ask for help and know that there are people out there like Casey that can help you get your life back into alignment. Um, I know that I need it in my own life, that I can't do it alone. So you're out there looking for purpose and passion. You think you're like going to be able to do it by yourself. What, what's the likelihood or what, what do you think is going to happen when somebody tries to do it all by themselves? What have you noticed? Um, it's not that it can't be done, right? but um, everyone's, you know, very different. Um, and there is no one size fit all. Um, but yeah. And I like that you mentioned that before. A lot of the times, if you don't have the accountability, the mm. tools, the motive, you know, the, the motivation, um, you get defeated when it doesn't work the first time right. or the second time. And that can influence you to stop trying okay, or to give up. And or, that's a very defeating feeling. Yeah. And is that, do you think that that feeds into some of the reason why our society is so numbed out? Like they don't have the accountability. They're turning to pornography. They're turning to drugs. They're turning to alcohol. They're turning to all these things because they don't feel fulfilled. They don't have any accountability. Nobody's helping them. So when they're holding themselves accountable, it's really easy to just run and hide Well, because you can justify and rationalize right. things all day long yeah when you have to actually face that or have somebody ask you questions or have to report something you know to somebody and discuss it and process it yeah. that's what makes it real yeah. that's in your face and then you have to deal with it yeah but people can get away with not dealing with things you know for the majority of their life and that's what i it, that's what i want is to, to that's why i will I'll be less likely to turn towards those things and then that I don't want to be doing and towards the things I really do want to be doing and feeling fulfilled and purposeful and full of passion. Absolutely. So, yeah, wait, uh, case, we're going to wrap this up and, uh, I want to thank all of you guys for joining us. We are going to be doing this every so often, maybe every couple of weeks. Bi-weekly, would you be down to help our listener out, Case? Absolutely. So uh, thank you for joining us. We greatly appreciate your time and your listenership. And if you get some benefit from this podcast, just shoot uh, shoot over to iTunes, leave us a rating, uh, and uh, leave us a review and a rating, and uh, we'll see you uh, back here tomorrow. Thank you. Thank you. All right. Bye, Case.